Jerome Clark on the mic. Yes, I'm doing what I do, representing for the ladies. But he's speaking for the goons. Back and forth with the banter, banter, banter. You got questions, we got answers, answers, answers. Every week we bringing you the entertainment and the news. Welcome to our podcast for the ladies and the goons. Ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Ladies and Goons podcast. I don't know why you're looking at me like that, Buck, but today, Buck is going to take the reins a little bit and start us off on our topics. He came up with some topics that he wanted us to talk about. I have a couple as well. He said what? Is that another idiom? Yes, maybe, but taking the reins makes sense because you're steering what's going on. Steering what? Why I can't take the steering wheel? You can't. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus takes Jesus? the wheel. You can't take the wheel. All right. So <laughs> we're, gonna, we're going to start off our episode. And we're excited to be here. We're going to talk about a few topics. You're going to get my opinion. You're going to get Buck's opinion on some topics. Um, as usual, we'll try to go through some entertainment news. And... Buck will give you some health news real quick or some health tips. And that's pretty much it. We may talk about sports a little bit, although Buck said he didn't want to, but maybe we will. All right, so handing it over to you. You know, it really scuffs my Tim's. <laughs> no, nah, fuck with you. <laughs> um, topics is hard for me to come up with topics. I just have some things that I wanted to say. Okay. So go ahead and we'll we'll start talking about it. <laughs> you know how, like, if you ask somebody something and then they say, well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> what are they talking about? You ask them. <laughs> well, the reason that that happens, and I know you're talking about me. <laughs> I do that. But the reason that that happens is sometimes... I feel that you're not necessarily just asking for my opinion. You're asking for what I believe people in general would do. And because there will be different answers depending on who you're talking about, that's why I use that statement. But you can only answer for what you think, and you can't answer for the people that you don't think like. Correct. I can't give an accurate answer necessarily, but... um, You could try to imagine you're the other people who you don't think like at all. And have yeah. nothing in common with you? Yeah. And I mean, I can give... One of the answers I give will be my answer. But then also, I try to look at things and figure out, you know, how someone else could view it, possibly. Just to get a, a more well-rounded answer and, you know. So I say depend on who you ask, but it depends. If you're asking a question that is specifically about me or a situation that I'm in, or... If you're asking about something in general that I don't necessarily have even a, an opinion about, but then I'll kind of try to understand from different points of view why that outcome would would happen or something. I understand the logic behind the answers that you're giving. <laughs> but regardless of what kind of logic you give me, I ask you the question. <laughs> so for you to say it depends on who you ask... I mean, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. But anyway, what about... <laughs> oh, wait, um, no. Because it could be... Sometimes I say it depends on who you ask. But 
sometimes it's situational and it's not a, depending on who you ask, but it's, there's, there's different levels to what you're asking. And so depending on who I am in the situation as well, I can give you different answers. So sometimes I'm trying to give the answer that I think will give you the most information and it's not necessarily just my answer or my opinion. The levels is good. The levels is good. <laughs> I need like a machine where I could just punch up like songs or movie stuff that pops into my head and then I could just play it. Mm-hmm. Well. All right, what's your what's your next little topic or whatever? Well, that's kind of a segue to the next topic. I was trying to think of how to word it is how do people determine the cap on their knowledge or accountability? Not cap how the new term goes, like lies or whatever, but cap like the limit. Like what, how do you determine as an adult or most people determine as adults what kind of knowledge they're responsible for having? That's a crazy question. I don't know. Um, because technically, there is not a cap on the knowledge that you can acquire. You try to, you know, get as much knowledge as you can. Um, I think that cho- I think a choice is made that you want to spend time learning about something and others you don't think is important. So you push that to the side and you decide that you want to take the time or energy to take in information. But I don't know about there being a cap. I just think, I think it's definitely a choice of wanting to spend time doing something or bettering yourself with something and then um, a choice to not. We spoke about this before. We were talking about masters, like having a master's degree or whatever, or mastering something. And where where does that come from? Like how, if you're a master, to me, you would think that if you're a master, that you're at, you've achieved a level where you're, okay, there's nothing more to be learned, but that's not entirely true either. It's like a spectrum and then mastery comes on the farther end of the spectrum, but not necessarily at the, the top. And you feel like you have learned enough to where you can teach. So I have my master's degree. And so when I, um, when I was going through to do the master's, um, without any teaching experience, we were taught that once you've done your master's, you can teach. So sometimes you have to have like an education degree or whatever to teach um, without a master's. Like you can have a bachelor's in education and, and go out and teach. But once you have a master's, you can teach whatever subject it is you have a master's in. You become a master. You become some type of a master. So even if your mastery is just so that you can teach others on an elementary type of level or a, a lower level than you are, you may not be the be all end all of everything. But you have enough knowledge that you can then give to others, and that's a level of mastery. So there's still not a cap, because but the then- the cap, what I was thinking, but you do wear a cap when you graduate. <laughs> you do. But, the but then you can get I your doctorate thinking, too, so it's not the top, but it's enough. I wasn't thinking like this. It's like a, a voluntary cap that people put on themselves. They get to a certain level of knowledge about things, and then they decide that they're not supposed to know more. And they leave it up to other people, like doctors. How much are you supposed to know about yourself and how your body works? People decide there's a certain amount that they know, and they're happy with that amount. Yeah. 
and they trust outside people for the rest of the information. And that's a United States thing as well, because I've noticed from my parents, from a lot of people actually, but I've noticed that in other countries, so Jamaica, for instance, you learn a lot more about your body and anatomy and all of that stuff. Um, and you learn a lot from your, your grandparents and they just happen to know certain things. We don't know where they know it from. And you learn that. So that's like something you have to know. And then I also equate that with there are a lot of people that come from other countries that come to America and go into healthcare automatically and nursing and this because they know already they have a lot of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that other a lot of other countries know is important and you should know certain things about yourself. And then here it's not necessarily that. We know that there's a doctor, so they do that. And um, there's so much to learn, but I agree. I think I think that I think that learning about yourself and learning about your body, um, and what I mean, that's the most important thing you have. So that should be something that is 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 more commonplace here, and it's not. You have an anatomy class. You have certain science classes where you learn certain things to a certain degree, and then that's it. And unless you decide that you want to learn more. You don't have to. You can become a master. You can become a millionaire. You can become all of these things without knowing any of that and leaving that, which is your health, which is the most important thing, up to someone else. But in a lot of other countries, and maybe it's it's lack of money and knowing that you need to know these things in order to survive. You can't just go to a, a doctor and have someone do whatever it is that you need to learn. But I, I, I have noticed that because I've he- I hear people say it all the time. Like when you go to when you go to the doctor, when you go to the hospital, you might not see a lot of doctors necessarily, but a lot of the healthcare professionals will be from the West Indies and the Philippines. And there's a lot of places that are not necessarily known for having a lot of money, and those people know a lot more about their their bodies. They know a lot of natural remedies. They know a lot of ways to to assist and to combat certain things. Could that also be because of the schooling systems? I was listening, I forgot who I was listening to, and they were talking about how the system of children learning that they're not the smartest in class and not being rewarded for being smart makes them think less of their intelligence. Hmm. So it could be that some people just accept that they won't be able to understand these things and then they don't even try. I agree, because even in the same places where I was speaking about before that you learn a lot about um, yourself, there's still there's classism and there's there are people that are just like, oh, you just need to learn this trade and you just need to learn. So that that does happen. And I know in schools, um, people, a, a lot of people are raised that medicine is just difficult. It's hard. So you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a nurse, you're gonna, whatever. You're just really medicine. smart. You have to be really smart to get into that field. And um. And so people feel that that's something, okay, well, if you're going to be this, then you're going to go to school for this, and everything that you're doing has to encompass that. And a lot of the times you can read books, you can talk to, to people that are older than you, you can use common sense, which we're not taught to use a lot. Um, you can use common sense and you can say, well, this worked for this, let me see, let me try if it, and see if it works for, for this. And, um, but we don't, we don't really do that. And that part of that is the school system. Um, the education system and then some of it is just trying to figure out how you're going to divide that information up anyway to teach it's very difficult to have a classroom where you have a number of different people from different um different levels even we say oh you're in the first grade like you all should be at this level that's not that's not the case so trying to get but that's how it's done 
anyway. that, yeah, that's how we do it. And it's not the case. So being a teacher, like I teach graphic design. I have a class that has freshmen. We have ninth graders all the way up to postgraduates. So 12, which was really 13th grade. They just don't go to um, college yet. Um, so all of these people are at different levels and I'm teaching the same class, which oddly enough, some of the younger people are further ahead than some of the older people. So it's not necessarily an age thing, but to teach any class that you have to teach that has a wide range of people, unless you are set up to give that individuality like Montessori schools have and where you have everyone in the same class or like Little House on the Prairie when everyone was like the same class, um, it makes it difficult. And it's a lot more stress on the, on the teacher as well to try to figure out how to get everyone to learn. So sometimes you end up dumbing down someone that could be a lot better just so that you can not lose the people who are not at the level they should be. And that's, that's a, a flaw as well. Anything else on this particular topic? I think it's bigger than that, though. Speak. I do believe that it's the, uh, the school system. But outside of the school system, I think people have low standards for themselves when it comes to certain things. And it's common. I won't dare to say that it's just an American thing because I've never lived in another country. But it seems like the unwillingness to know these things. Like you said, medicine is a hard thing to learn. Medicine, if you include the chemical compositions of all kind of foreign-made compounds that are used to diagnose and treat certain things. Correct? Mm -hmm. But if we all just looked at it as biology, which is even taught in school, mm -hmm. earth science, if we looked at it as advanced forms of that, it wouldn't be that complicated. The way it's broken down to people and presented makes it seem complicated, and I could see where it would throw people off. And I think that's intentional. Right. That helps to keep your class system going the way you want it to. So you have certain people going in, you know, or you have to be really smart. And so you do this thing and or you're in you're in that special class or you're in a, an advanced science that you get to do hands on fun projects, not just tests or whatever. So the, the, it is it's built that way um, to keep certain people down. But it's also kind of just weighing out who, who would really who really has the passion to do those things. So that's kind of how it's masked. So that goes along with other necessities that are not taught in school to kids, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like even something as simple as um, home ec and like wood shop and stuff. When, when schools are cutting budgets for things, those go first. And music and, you know, art, like cer certain things go first. And they're like, well, we have to have math, science. Um, English, whatever. So those those things kind of stay, and the other Tax things go. Should definitely be taught. Absolutely, school. financial literacy is not taught, and um, and it should be. Like there are certain schools that do, and they have those programs. My my school, we just we don't have necessarily a program, but we're running a financial literacy um, workshop for the next month or so. Um, so some schools understand that it's important and try to do that, but um, sooner rather than later, too. I have some. And this goes back to parents, not even schools, because we already know that schools teach kids what they want to, and there's an agenda there, and you have you know, critical race theory, and you have a bunch of other things where, um, depending on what the school wants your kid to learn, that's what they're learning. So as family units, as parents, we have to um, understand that there are things being taught, and we, we may need to um, reverse some of, that, some of the lies that are being taught. Um, and also just fill in the gaps. Like, what you learn in America, or in the United States of America, is 
a different type of history than you learn in other countries. Um, and other countries tend to learn more world history than the United States focuses a lot more on U.S. history and then like world history is like a, um, a quick overview or whatever. Um, but either way, it's, it's one of those things. Like I, I bought some books um, to learn like on a baby, on a toddler level, like blockchain and rocket science and th- just like a basic thing that has like 15 pages to be like, this is an example of what this thing is. And if you introduce things like that to you to children at a very young age where it's not a, a punishment you have to go read this book because you didn't do what you were supposed to do or whatever then it's not as foreign we are so smart like human beings are so brilliant and our our brains do so but it's a muscle so you have to use it and so if we introduce things early on and it's not like a punishment and it's not something that you have to work so hard to do and I don't want to do this, I want to just be on the computer, the video games or whatever, those things being introduced early on and then being supported in the schools because it has to come from home um, and then being supported in the schools uh, will make a big difference. Rocket science is like the hardest thing in the world, right? That's what they use to compare the hardest things. <laughs> it's not rocket science. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be the hardest thing and it's, it's I mean, I can't say that I'm, I'm I'm a master of rocket science with the with the toddler book I read, but I got a little bit more um, information than I. I just thought that was my thing. It was just my measure. Rocket science is just something out of reach. Like literally, we make that st- statement. Like, oh, you could do this. Is not rocket science. Like, how do you tell someone that this one thing is the thing that's completely out of reach that you won't kind of won't understand? And it's just it's just known commonplace. I've never heard a. I mean, I might have heard one or two people in my life, kids in my life, say they want to be a rocket scientist, and they probably only said that because the state, does, the saying is there, and they're like, well, I want to be that. Um, well, it was a touchy subject, because some people believe that space is not even real, like you can't even get to space. True. True, that would negate your whole, um, <laughs> your whole uh, existence if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a rocket scientist. Yeah, you're investigating nothing. But some people do believe that that's not, I mean, I don't know. Some that's people a whole... think the earth is flat. You said what? Some people think the earth is flat. Yeah, some people do. They have in the past, then they didn't, and then it came back. And honestly, we don't know. There's so many things you don't know. Um, And I hate that people make fun of others for whatever it is that they believe when you don't have any concrete evidence to tell you yes or no on either side. Um, I know as a child growing up, we had... We learned that people thought the Earth was flat, which is which is kind of funny because if you just didn't want if you wanted people to believe that the Earth was round, you just say that that and start from there. But we had to learn that the Earth was flat. Then we learned how funny it was that and how stupid that people would think it is flat and show ca- pictures and cartoons of people falling off the face of the Earth, and we're like, oh, that's so funny. Then we learned that it's round. But it's like you just hear from someone that they thought it was flat, then they thought it was round. Now it's, oh, if you think it's flat, something's wrong with you. And then the flat earthers, I believe as they call themselves, make fun of the, what do they call? They call themselves truthers. They call themselves truthers. And if you're not a flat earther, you would call yourself flat earther. You would call them flat earther. But what do they call the people that believe that the earth is round? All kind of derogatory things. (laughs) Globe tards. (laughs) It's funny. Um, It's funny to see people get really, really angry about the topic and my thing is always, I always ask Buck, I'm like, what's the point? Like, okay, if I know today that the earth is flat, like some, we, oh yeah, we figured it out, it's flat. What does it change in my life? And, or if someone's tricking me to say that the earth is round and what is that really changing? It may change a lot. I don't know. But in my mind, it's like, okay, 
You tell me today it's flat, you tell me tomorrow it's round, okay, but I'm still moving on the way I'm moving on. So that's, that's my one thing, like what difference does it make? And a lot of our calculations that we go off of for many things are based on the earth being round, but they've seemed to work out. So I don't know. And don't get me started on gravity. Mm. And people believing that it doesn't exist. Does it exist? What is it? There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in that. But those, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not prepared for that argument. I've been watching a lot of podcasts that have been talking about things like that and watching a lot of celebrities and, and people, influential people talk about it. And honestly, as an outsider, just looking, watching the arguments, I see them get upset. I see people call people names, but neither side has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're right. They just think, tell the um, other side that you need to prove that you're right. I think Elon Musk or um, Jeff Bezos could tell you. I think they should, since they supposedly... Frequent out of space. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to go myself now to see for myself. Yeah, but how do you even know? You get mm -hmm. into this machine that you someone tells you, okay, you build a machine. I'm not trusting myself to build a machine. Mm. I'm, I'm, I got I to gotta learn more about rocket science, <laughs> science before. But if I'm building them or I'm trusting a group of my people that are under me, you're not building a machine by yourself. So, right? There's people. You never know. If something is is going to be like fake or you're looking out a window, is it really a window or are they LED screens that are showing you images and making you think that or video and well, making you think? You are there and you monitor the building of the spacecraft. Like every step of the way. Yeah, so and when know. you're not there, it's shut down and nobody can do anything. What do you mean? Like you literally, have, it could be an elaborate scheme to make. I mean, imagine if I had the money of a Jeff Bezos. I, it's easy to bribe people or change them. You might build your whole machine and then another machine is being built somewhere else and they switch it out without you knowing and you go well, in. Who is the other person with all this money that found you to figure out what you were doing so they could switch it out? I feel like people that have a lot of money know what other people that have a lot of money are doing. I, I know so. that Jeff you Bezos and Elon Musk know. They have, the, they have ideas of what's going on and they, 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 yeah, I think so. You could have money and be very secretive. You could have money and build build things underground that nobody knows about yeah you can build you can build a, a second sun if you want but um somebody finds out or somebody knows and they're just being quiet because they're being paid but I, I mean what i'm saying though so in your case sure if you build the whole thing yourself and you just are so sure and, and you maybe that's the one way to do it but even with these people that we're talking about jeff bezos um elon musk they're not building these things themselves. They might be smart enough to, to understand the technology and all that, but they're not building it. They have other things they're doing. So they're trusting that to someone else along the way, checking in. And then when you get into this thing, you can be in a simulator. I put on a, a VR thing, uh, you know, those goggles that I was in the, in Florida in this machine. And you couldn't tell me that I wasn't flying on a roller coaster. My whole body felt like that's what was going on. Like it, I tricked my mind tricked me into thinking that 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 I was there that I was going to fall off this cliff. So if we can do that um and and going a step further even if it's not that like there's been you you can find a video or someone can create a video of you saying and doing something in your voice, your face looking like it's doing these things and talking and it's not you and it's completely fake. So now when people are like give me evidence, I want to see this, I want to see what's going on and I I want receipts and it's like 
anything can be fake and anything can be, you know, What is that? That's completely different from you actually being in something and experiencing it firsthand. Yeah, but you can be, like I said, when I was in the VR, I mean, I knew, technically I knew that I was in a, a virtual react, reality so machine right because there. it was, because it was obvious. But if I didn't know and I was stepping but into something, know. yes, but if I, so that I still had those feelings, even though I knew if I was stepping into something and I did not know, no one told me that, and this is where we're going and this is what's happening. So we go in and we sit down and we strap ourselves in. It's already a scary did situation. Did you look at it before you put it on your face? The VR? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I just looked at it to make sure that I was putting it on properly. Correct. So then you would look at it and inspect the thing so you would know what was going on before it happened. Even though somebody told you this is VR and it's just going to be something that you put on your face, you still looked at it. Just mm-hmm. like you would look at your spacecraft before you get in your spacecraft. Yeah, but if I looked at a spacecraft and I didn't know what I was looking for, someone would be telling me, okay, this is this and this is that. All right. But At the point that you're at now. But do I know? If you decided to embark on this mission. Mm-hmm. you would probably have more information and be more aware of what was going on and what was needed. Possibly. But the sm- the people that I have around me are going to be smart as well. So I'm saying this is me being a conspiracy theorist and someone decides to come in and switch out my uh, machine or whatever out because they think it's very important that I'm going to launch into space and tell people once and for all that the earth is round or flat or whatever and they think that this is a good opportunity to further their agenda. I don't think what you're doing is actually conspiracy theorists. It seems more like paranoia. It could be. I think there's similarities in them. On a large scale. Mm-hmm. But you in particular, somebody would be out just to make sure that you can't do what you want to do? I'm saying this as being someone that's super important. So, oh, I'm so taking on being I'm well. taking on being a Jeff Bezos or a Elon Musk that has a huge following and if they were to say something and say look I'm showing the world this it may it has a bigger impact than Ro Clark going outside and being like hey I'm going to tweet this thing or I'm going to show you all this video and this is what happened. I'm just I'm saying on that level because if I'm able to get into build an, an aircraft or build a um build something to go out a rocket to go out into space and but those people didn't just wander into their money. They're reported to be and alleged to be intelligent people. They are in certain things. I don't know that all of them are intelligent in specifically space travel. But, but that's how it started. Space travel, you would be able to see what was going on. You're saying you, that somebody's going to be able to put you in a space simulator, and you wouldn't know that you were getting in the space simulator. Mm-hmm. Correct. I'm saying that I think that is possible. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, this is just me speculating again, and it may be paranoia, but I'm going to say that I'm willing to say that this has happened in the past. And people who are astronauts or are in this field could have possibly been put into things that are simulators and thought that they went out into space or they, but that's whatever. different though. Okay. How's it different? The astronaut doesn't control everything that's going on. An astronaut works for NASA. Correct. And they go, somebody else builds the spacecraft. The actual astronauts don't build the spacecraft. Correct. So they could very well get into a spacecraft and it is a simulator and they feel like they've been to space. But someone who has hands in all parts would know. Correct. So you think that um, 
Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have actually built their their spacecraft themselves. Well, Elon Musk. I, I know he, he can. An inventor. I know he. I know he can like blueprint and all that. But do you think that he actually did it? He actually did what? Built it himself. I don't think that he actually built the whole thing by himself. But I'm pretty sure he would know if he was getting into a simulator, and he would know if he was looking out a window of a spacecraft or at a simulator screen. Okay. All right. I'll leave it at that. I just went to the golf simulator at my um at my school and it looked pretty real. And I was like, I mean, I know I'm stepping into a simulator, but the way it looks and if not even not even that deep, like there's some artwork, street artwork that people can do that looks like there's a hole in the ground or looks like, you know, there's a you can do a mural that looks like there's a tunnel or what and, and it's all because our brains, the way brains work and the way we perceive things, our brain assumes a lot. That's why you can put together dots and it can you, you step away from it and it looks like an actual picture. Our brain um, picks up a lot of things and makes assumptions. So mine probably makes more assumptions than others, but that's because I'm admittedly lazy and my brain has to make up for that and it just says, okay, this is what it is. But um, I mean, sure. I think I, I'll, I'll agree with you and say that if, if the person is doing all of the blueprints and and looking through everything, especially if they're doing something like going into space, you're not just leaving that up to someone if you have the, the faculties to do that and you can look through it and you can look at blueprints and you can look at all that, then possibly you, I mean, you wouldn't be fooled. But then that's also giving them the benefit of the doubt that that person is not an evil person that would be trying to trick people as well or could be paid off. A LED screen has a completely different composition than a regular window. It does. But you don't have to have this. The window itself doesn't have to be directly the window and then there's the screen. You can have a window. You can have, you know, smoke, fog. You can have other things in between it and then in the distance have the LED set up to look. It, it can look really, it can, it can look very where? real. The window? Yeah. But it'll have to be like an all-around thing. Like how the simulators are, that you can look up and see sky. So you, you don't can look think around. if you had an all-around thing around a rocket, you wouldn't know it was there. If you were inside of the rocket, you keep going back to like the, like the uh, virtual thing. But you always know when you're getting into the virtual reality thing. I mean, I, I guess I watch too much. I might watch too much TV because. Like the Truman Show, that could happen to me. Like, <laughs> I could be sitting here right now doing this story and not realize that I'm in a, I mean, I'm in this world that's not actually real and, and whatever. So, and I do think that that is a possibility, not that I think anyone wants to, to do that specifically for me, but I think it's, it's possible. The amount of things that we, that, that normal people who don't study these things can do now because of apps and other things, um, it makes it possible to me. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Would it fool somebody like you? Specifically, Buck? Probably not. I just don't like probably to live not. automatically assumed fear of everything. That's like, I'm really against that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can understand that. But is it being cautious? Or being, no, being or being aware. Scared. 
Like there's there's caution and then there's aware. So paranoia and scared and whatever falls more on the cautious side than it does being aware necessarily. The mm-hmm. aware side is what allows you to to view what's going on and see that something's going on and not necessarily react in a scared way. That's how I view it. But paranoia. I love say that again. Caution. Like when you're being very cautious, the scared and paranoia and and all of that stuff falls more on that side than it does mm-hmm. on the awareness. Right. Awareness is more proactive, cautious, and all of uh, caution is more reactive to me. Whether you're reacting to something you're scared of prior to, and you're leap, you're making that kind of seep I into. Agree with that. Um, so, I think they're very very close, but that fine so line. So the last time you try to go into space, someone puts you in a virtual machine. Me? Yeah. No, I'm going off oh. of watching things on TV. I'm I I'm not volunteering to go to space in in any way shape or form. It would have to be fair for me to have to go into space. I know that. You're like, oh, yeah, I want to go and I want to see. I don't. I'll take your word for it. I'm that person. So I don't want to unless, like, I have to get into this thing to get away because there's, like, bombs dropping or some craziness like that, and then I'll have to do it. But I'm not that person. I don't want to take an 11-minute ride to just to go see as high as I can get and then come back down. That's not – I don't need that in my life. I'm not missing enough. Maybe if I have so much things and I have money and I have all that and I'm bored, maybe I'll need that, but I don't. I have a lot of levels where I can reach before I have to do that. So does that fit into like the cap on knowledge thing? Where you feel like these things are beyond your knowledge and they should just be left to other people? Yeah, for me, that's my cap. And it's not because it's beyond my knowledge. I know I, I could be smart enough to do it. That's where when I was saying earlier that it's just you deciding not to put your time and energy and thought into something and you leave it up to someone else. Is that because you have more important things to do? Um, no, I think it's more so my laziness mm-hmm. or maybe things I want to do that may not be more important than figuring out. I mean, I don't know what's imp- I don't I still don't know the importance of figuring out if the world is flat or round. But there are other things that I want to do and... Um, so does that limit your accountability? Yeah, in my mind, but not really. Because when you're accountable, you're accountable, regardless of whether or not you feel you're accountable. But I will say, oh, well, I wasn't the one that built this, or I didn't go to this, so that's not me, that's them over there. That would be something that I would say, but technically, I'm, you have, me, I have to be accountable for my life regardless of what happens around it. How far do you think your life extends? What do you mean your life how far does it extend? Yeah. Like you have to breathe. Mm-hmm. To live. Mm-hmm. So then, how much knowledge of your atmosphere should you have then? It seems like you should have an extensive knowledge of the atmosphere if the atmosphere is what allows you to breathe. Just like you should have an extensive knowledge of trees because we could never breathe without trees and plants. True. And... And I only know that because I was told that in school. But if I never had school or anyone to tell me that, and I was and I was born and I was here, I think where 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 I lack is, I was born and automatically my body knew to breathe. I don't know where the air, or I didn't know where the air was coming from, but it was there. So, things that don't take. But then you found out. Yeah, but things that don't take any energy or thought for me because your body's automatically doing it. Are probably things that I don't focus on as much, and that's not that doesn't make it right. I probably should, but I don't. 
Like, I automatically, I don't focus on breathing until I can't do it anymore. But at some point, you were made aware of these things, and then you decided it wasn't your business anymore. After that. Yeah, I was made aware of it, and then I was like, okay, so they figured this out. So you put a cap on it. Yeah. So does that relieve you of your accountability? No. I'm still accountable for things that I do. I mean, whether you know or not, I think things that have to do with you and your life, you're you're accountable for. You can't... I can't say, well, this person did all this research and they found out about this, 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 and they should have. I can't do that. So if someone gives me an ounce of knowledge and I can take that and go further, they're not required to learn everything for me and report back and make sure that I know um, that I know what I need to know. So I should find it important enough and then take that and continue to to research. This makes me think about global warming. Uh Uh-huh. Like who's really accountable? We people put a cap on our knowledge that we're not responsible for knowing what's going on with our atmosphere and where we live. So does that make somebody else accountable? We should all be held accountable for the planet. We all live here. True. I agree. Especially if you are doing things going against what you know is good for the planet or you're doing things that you know is you has already been proven that this is bad because some people do it and they're like yeah but I'm just one person it doesn't it doesn't affect but you have to go back to your original thing if somebody told you something mm-hmm. and you never bothered to look anymore mm-hmm. then you you're put still, a cap on your own knowledge yep, but you're, still, and you're still accountable you're still accountable there's many times that you do things are that you know people get in trouble for doing something they're like but I didn't know but you still might have killed someone or you might have there's a number of different things so you, you're still accountable. You might feel bad for that person, like, oh, they really didn't know, but you're accountable because you did it. Mm. More on this topic? I could talk about it forever. Okay, we'll continue on. <laughs> what do people think is more important than taking care of the planet that we live on? And the things that we actually need to survive. The things that we've been told that we should have to survive. Um, people, people take things for granted. They feel the same. I equate it to how people treat their family. Depends on who you ask. Right? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. I equate it to how people treat their family. You treat your family, a lot of people, and not, this is not everyone, but a good amount of people treat the people that are closest to them or the people that love them the most. They don't treat them that well because... They assume, or it is assumed, that they love you and they'll be there regardless of what happens. And then the people that don't treat you as, that, that are not like your family and they don't have to be there, have a choice to be here. They're like, I could be here or be gone, which everyone truly has that choice. But the people that you think are flighty and could leave, a lot of the time people devote their time and energy to those people and try to make sure that they're, they're happy and they're, they stick around. And it's the same thing with, like, with your, your planet. Like You just assume that... So you believe the majority of people are toxic? Yeah. Huh. I don't like or some level. That. Some level of toxicity. I don't like to believe that the majority of people are toxic. Um, I mean, even if, and that's that's a label given to it. So I'll say toxic. I'll say yes, because that is a toxic thing. Um, but I don't think everyone's like, oh, I'm definitely, I'm going to do this to be toxic. But it is something the majority that of the people is self-destructive. Selfish. Huh? So you're saying the majority of people are selfish? In some way, yeah. I think it's self-preservation and you're so you're, you're, 
that you just you just think that the people that are whatever you've already got secured i've got this secured so i don't have to tend to it or bother with that i need to acquire more and that that acquisition is of the people who are now the new people that you have to attract or bring to you and i think that's a survival thing isn't that that want to acquire more selfishness because you can't really say you have it secured if you don't have it secured. The way you're describing people treating things doesn't sound like they have them secured. I think they believe that they do. But We're taught. You can genuinely believe that you do, mm-hmm. but not. And you're still accountable for having it secured. Right? True. You can. You can feel that you have it. Um, we're taught from a, um, from a young age, it's a, which is a toxic trait that we are taught, is family and family first and family no matter what. Everybody's and not taught that. A lot, well, a lot of people are. And it's programming that's put out there. Even if it's not in your specific family that you are taught that, you see it. Everyone sees it at some point in time that you should be loyal. This is family. This, you know, Even if this person did something bad to you, they're still your family member. You should love them. That's put out there a lot. So I won't say 100%. I won't give it a percentage. But that programming well, is out there. people in general. Yes. People, people in general. People in general taught that if anybody does anything wrong to you, that you should love them anyway. That's part of, like, religion. Some religions, I'm sure, yes. Most religions. Definitely Christianity. But, um... I mean, that's just my opinion. On some certain observations that I've made. Yeah. I think I'm going to think a little bit more about this myself. Okay, we can come back to it. Um, because there's no necessarily a right or wrong. We can come to a um, build a little bit more and a greater elevation on that. Is there a right or wrong, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't know that's another thing but is there really is there really a right or wrong something can be right for you and wrong for someone else uh, and if it's wrong for someone else is it really right for you because we are all one and we should all be doing what's for the greater good right so the greater good is what is right you would say yeah greater good and if greater good is what is right sometimes what are right for the greater good is wrong for somebody else but eventually it'll be Why right for be them. For it'll be eventually right for you selfish. because it's good for something down the line after you're gone. It'll at least help other people down the line. So that huh. might be. I don't understand that. What did you just say? Say it again. I said even if something is not great for you, like say you need to die for something to happen that is better for other people, dying to you might not be a great thing. But down the line, after you're gone, it may have saved or helped someone else. So why isn't it a great thing? Why isn't it? Mm-hmm. Specifically for the person or for me. If it was me, I don't want to die. So why? dying is not a good if thing. If you knew that it was for the greater good. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm not there. I'm not like where you are. So you're selfish. Yeah, I'm not where you are. I'm. I. I don't want people to to be like hurt or sad. But I'm still not to that place where I'm just gonna sacrifice my life for any and everyone. I don't even know that I'm, I don't, I, I don't even want to say whether or not I'm to the place where I'll sacrifice my life for people that I know I actually love and like. So I don't, I know just being like, okay, if you do this, this will save the world. I don't know. I'm not, some people are those people. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'll work on myself. 
how many, I really want to know how many people, if they knew for sure that their death would make the world the greatest place, like there would be world peace, people live longer, everybody would be happy, how many people would actually give their life for that? Not a lot. There's a certain type of person that would do that. We do have to account for the the truly selfish people that would be like, well, I'll give my life to this and everybody else gets to, to benefit. I'm not seeing that, so I don't care. There's people that feel that way. And then there are people that would, you know, there are some people that are like, well, my life's horrible. This sucks. This place sucks. And I don't want to be here anyway, so I'll do that. And that's fine. And everyone else can go ahead and have their, you know, their time. There's some people that will just look at their child and say, well, I need to do this because I want to make sure that you can have a long, healthy life. You doing that doesn't mean that person will actually, but in your mind, if that's what you think, and if that's what you've been told, then you may feel that you want to do that as well. But, but I don't know really that it's knows a... what happens after this life. Though. Correct. No one knows. It could be the most amazing thing in the world. It could be nothing. It could be. It could be anything. Um, that's where it comes into your your faith and your beliefs, which then gets shaken up because you taught. I, I mean, I know I was taught a lot of different things, and then I hear a lot of other research and and know that a lot of the things that you that I was taught was not necessarily how it went. So then there's this weird inner turmoil, like what is really true? Next week we'll talk about truth, but what is the truth and like what, what is really true and, and what does that mean? Like Do people know. need to find the truth? Well that's like a cap on knowledge as well. People believe that they're not even responsible for finding the truth. Yeah, I believe. I I know. I've had this conversation in groups before, so I know that there are people that believe that they're not. They they don't want to. I don't want to know. I just want to know what I feel I need to know, and that's something I don't need to know. That's that's the general consensus that was left, and even in a leadership group that I went that I um, was working with. So it's like. It's like um. I want to know what I need to know, and that's it. And I want to be happy. And if I if I l gain too much knowledge, and that knowledge is going to make me really, really like spin out and just be upset and sad, I don't want it. Why would that be the assumption, though? That. Why would that be the assumption that some knowledge would make you upset and sad? Because of life and going through life and knowing that there are things there's things that you heard that you hear, that I know there's things that I've heard that I'm like, okay, could have done without that. That sucks, especially if it's something you can't do anything about, which should make you be like, wow, okay, can't do anything about that and, and kind of move on. But that's not the case. So there's a lot of times that just don't want to hear something. I do that all the time, which I'm Better trying to change, but it's, you don't want to hear something. Huh? Better aware than beware. I know that's how you feel. That's great. I want to get to the level where you are. Well, I'm just a regular person. Yeah, but I want to get to that regular person level that you have where you can, like, hear news. Things can, like, bother you, but you move on, and it's like, okay, I, I'm not there. Like, I hear things. I feel. I'll hear. I'll feel. I'll try to not make things consume me, but it does. I physically feel hot. I Sometimes I feel it's, it's, a, it's not a good thing. And so I cope by... I mean, I'm not the type of person that that drinks or does drugs, so I'll cope in other ways, or I'll just take myself to another reality, just in and of my just sitting there and be like, okay, I'm gonna sing a song, or I'm gonna do something else and take myself away from that, so I don't have to feel it. 
there's a lot of people like that out there. You may be a little different. You can just deal with things and internalize it somehow and come to terms with it and keep keep it moving. I just feel like life is life. Anything is liable to happen. You have to accept it and move forward, especially things that you can't do anything about. True. Who benefits from you torturing yourself over something you can't do anything about? Nobody. No. Nobody. So if you're really interested in the greater good, or even the, your own selfish good, you wouldn't hurt yourself when you don't need to be hurt. You would want to feel good as often as possible without destroying yourself, not just seeking, seeking some kind of like temporary satisfaction that's going to lead to your later downfall. True. Even if you're just being selfish, truly selfish. Yeah, that's true. It's easier said than done. But it is still true. So it is one of those things. I try to, it, it's, it, it feels overwhelming to work on something that, um, something that you, that I've done for a lot of my life, which is kind of just run away from things that I don't want to, to deal with and, and try to be happy and, and get away from, from all of those things. It's very overwhelming to try to, to face all of it or face even any of it because you still get the same feelings. You get the feelings of anxiety no matter how big or no matter how small. And so you get in, you get the feeling, I get the feelings of anxiety and, and, um, or anger or rush of emotions. And then if I, I, there's a fear of what will happen if I try to face it and not just kind of let it go and move on and be happy. So there is that, there's that fear. Like, how do you, how do you face it? And then when you do. But you are facing it. If you feel that you faced it. What you do by repressing it is bringing it back so you can keep facing it. You tuck it away so you can face it again later. True. But I don't know that just, I mean, that may be true that feeling it is facing it and that's that. But it would feel, I would think, so like I'm scared of heights and then I say, okay, I'm going to go on a, a roller coaster and I'm, I'm really scared, but I'm going to go. And I go on the roller coaster and I'm like, yay. And people are like, okay, you conquered your fair heights. No, because then I still can't go up a ladder. Like, oh, I can get on. speaking from first person? Yes, versus, like, myself. Thing. And I, I still can't go up a ladder really, really high, but I can go on a roller coaster now. Um, so what happens I if can you go, go on a plane. A ladder? I start to shake. I get really dizzy and, and like nervous. And then I, if someone's there, it's weird because if someone's there, then they need to help me. And I'll be screaming and asking them to help me. If no one's there, I try to focus and get back down, but it doesn't, it's not like a, I got back down, like, okay, yay, I did it. It's still a, I got back down, I'm not doing that again. And if I go up again, I have that feeling again. Is it a fear of falling or a fear of heights? It's a fear, I guess it's a fear of falling. Well, if you're on a ladder and nobody's there to steady the ladder and you can't be sure that the ladder is steady, then that's a logical fear of falling. Yeah. But then my fear is not like, oh, bring people and let me do it. I still have that same feeling if people are there to like hold the ladder. But what are you just like climbing random ladders? What would be the point of that? I climb ladders. I I've, I climbed a ladder recently, which is what brought this back to my mind. I climbed a ladder, a really high ladder recently to fix something for a, a display that I was putting up for my students. And I put in, I wanted people to, 
I wanted someone to, to fix it and it hadn't been fixed and I knew the kids were coming back and I was like, oh man, I gotta do this. I can't have them come back and see it like not up. I told them it would be up. So, so you're it took me to sacrifice your life for that. It took me a long time to do it, but I was there in the building by myself and I went up and then I'd like breathe and I wait I did it, but I still don't want to do it again. So it's like I still have the fear. Like I know personally I know that I even the things that I fear I can do and I can get through them. But it but doesn't stop said, me from You just said that you wouldn't sacrifice for the greater good of people that you care about. Mm -hmm. But you did just that. Yeah, but I didn't sacrifice my life. I you, really you there was perceived that there was some kind of threat to your life. That's why you have this fear. Yeah, like for threat of harm, but I didn't really think I was gonna like I didn't think I was gonna die. If I knew it was something that I was like, Oh my gosh, I could die from this, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I didn't feel like Worst that could happen in my mind, which I don't like, is I will fall. And falling sucks, but it wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm so going to die. why isn't that your thought with every time you're on a ladder? I don't understand. The worst that happens is I fall? Because I don't like pain. I don't like being in pain. But if I have to, if I wasn't, if, if, I, if, I, um, if I have to risk it and there's a chance that I won't have it, if it's important enough to me, I guess I could. Like, if I needed to, I'm, I'm scared of heights. Like, say there was like those, um those rope ladders to get from one side to the other, I will not voluntarily do those at all. But if on another side was my, my niece or you or someone else like that, you, they needed my help and you I could help, I would absolutely do it, stop. You just said you wouldn't. I would, I would, that would be my, motiva my, that would be my motivation to you do it. You just said you wouldn't give your life for the people you care about. Yes, because I wouldn't. I no. I said I can't say that I would. However, but in this case, no. In this case, I'm not saying definitely. I'm going to. There's a difference between like, okay, you need to pass away for this thing to happen. There's difference than right. that, or you're gonna be. You have to do something, but there's a chance that you can survive. And so, if there's a chance that you can survive and nothing bad will happen, why isn't that the first thing you think of when you're thinking of it in the first place? Instead of thinking of the possibility of falling and hurting yourself, the fear. It's the fear. The fear. The fear takes it over. It I shouldn't. I need to work on that. You don't have that fear gene. Like, you're not, I mean, I not really scared of, of you're things. You're making it sound like I don't, but I do. I just don't let it control me. Yeah, I but, have a fear of falling. I have many I have many dreams when I fell, but I also had a job doing cable and had to climb big poles to install boxes. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was just something that I dealt with. I make it so I know I'm not going to fall to the best of my ability, and I take comfort in that. And I just see the positive outcome instead of, Dwelling on falling. That's true. I have this. Maybe it's a fault. Just it's a like fault you would in... look at the positive outcome of saving the person on the other side, rather than spending your time thinking about falling. If you spend your time thinking about falling, the chances are that you're going to fall. True. I spent a lot of time being helped and coddled, especially growing up, and knowing that there was someone to help. So. That's where I have to work backwards in that, because when I, because of that same help that I received, makes me want to help other people when they're in when they're in need, and like I forget about it. Like I'm okay, I gotta do this because I gotta help this person because they can't help themselves. But it's also the thing that makes me go, someone needs to save me. Like what's going on? Where's the person that's supposed to help me? It's like a weird, it's a weird circle. I don't know. 
and only reflecting on it now is me saying this and reflecting on it and being like, this, this is weird, but it happens. I must, it, it's the cap that you're talking about. I think I put a cap in my, in my brain automatically to be like, oh, there's someone that can help shut off. I don't know what to do anymore. And when there's no one that can help, I got to figure it out and I got to do it. Or worse, if there's someone that really needs my help and they're really going to be hurt and I can help them in any way at that point in time, I might do so. But there's always somebody who needs your help. Do you know who that person is? Me? Correct. And I get that, but it's part of the, the same thing that I mentioned before when I was talking about um, breathing. And I don't think about it because You're saying it you just happens. It, but you don't get it. No, I do. I but understand. That's or the same thing that I was saying about accountability. And, and you're always responsible so for yourself. So when you get it, then it's no longer a problem. Okay. So then I'll take it back. I don't get it because I haven't been to the, spa the space where it's no longer a problem yet. So instead of I get it, I understand what you're saying. Okay. All right. What about these artists selling their royalties? I know you feel some type of way about that. I really don't know. As an artist. As an artist. Huh. As an artist, I could think that I would want to have money from my art. But I'm also the kind of person who feels like I don't need to have just money that I'm not going to do anything with just to be like hoarding money. Like I don't feel good about just having billions of dollars unless I'm spending billions of dollars to do something. Well, you know how I feel about, I, I equate it to, and I know we don't necessarily agree 100% with this, but I, agree, I equate it to people that are like, oh, real estate, owning a home, um, and acquiring and having all of this, this property that has, that is worth something, but it's really only worth something because when you sell it, you get something, just having it and it being there. I mean, yeah, you can borrow against it and then be paying interest, whatever, but, um, so for some people, whatever it's worth they can sell it and then use that now. And they're not thinking about most of the investments and things you're thinking about the future. You're thinking about leaving something, leaving a legacy, leaving something later on for other people. So okay. if you're not thinking about it that way and you're just like, I need this right now, I can sell that thing and then I can maybe invest. I can do this, but you have the, the money right now to do the things that you want to do. And maybe that's what they're doing or thinking. That makes sense. Or maybe they just have, I mean, there's a, because you, there's a there's a big there's a big if, like oh yeah this catalog is worth X Y Z and this can happen and it can be worth so much more and these are all assumptions and then markets change and things happen and then it's like oh okay so sometimes people see well that even if it is right the prediction is right and then it is worth all of that and they could keep generating money but then you die just generating money for who who and the person you leave it to you have no way or shape or form to know for a fact that they're not gonna just Sell it. Do exactly what you didn't do and sell it. Right, right. So you could technically sell it. It can continue to make money for someone else, okay, but you can sell it and you can take that and do bigger, better, greater things. I, I would hope my, that you do greater things with that. My biggest um, objection to that would be owning the rights to... I would never want anything that I made to be used to promote things that I don't agree with. Yeah. 
and then yeah you lose that once you once you've sold it whoever owns something can use it for whatever but if you're still if you're still around you can vocalize that i mean even if you sold it yeah it doesn't matter but at least it's not you like you could you could make a whole campaign to be like if it's big enough that this song is out and people or whatever it is and people everyone sees it everywhere then you're somewhat important enough for you to say hey i don't agree with this I, I'm very disappointed that XYZ decided to use whatever, whatever. You might just be able to talk to the company or you might be able to just make that plea and put it out there. So people start to look things up. You may be, you know, it's like you could make the matrix and someone can steal it and do whatever. And you could come out and be vocal and be like, no, this is this is not good. This is bad. This is whatever. And and yeah, you're not going to reach everyone. But the people I mean, if, if it's about your integrity, then some people are going to care and some people are not regardless. You're not going to ever get everyone. And you not doing something doesn't mean that it just doesn't happen. It's going to just put somebody else in there and it'll be out there anyway. So I think it's um, I think that in that case, the publicity, you being able to speak out directly against something that you are related to in a way that they've put maybe your name or your face or whatever your song on something, you can you can reach a lot more people than you would just not doing anything. Like I could say, no, you can't use my song. Okay, great. Something else will be in there. But maybe you use the song and I didn't want it. And then I start talking about it and I build awareness for something else. There's always a way to circumvent, I think. It's just an opinion. That's tough. It is tough. But I always, that's the, the way, so I always struggle with that because people always like, oh, you can't do this. You must, My dad used to say it all the time. You can't sell the house. You always have to have um, this this print land or property or whatever, but the only power that the land and property really have is the money that the, the value that's attached to it because of a sale, not because you're just sitting there and it's just there. Yeah, it might go up and people what, say, What do you mean? Like excess land or property? Yeah, like if you own, no, if you own your your land, your house or whatever, it becomes too big, you don't want it anymore. Like you're like, I just can't deal with this. And sure, you can then decide to have someone rent it or whatever and it becomes income. That, yes, but. If someone comes and decides that they want to purchase it, or even purchase where it, where do you live? Purchase it for more than it's worth. That seems like the biggest value of a house and a piece of land is having somewhere to live and to, like, where you can grow the things that you need, and actually exist. Yeah, that might actually be able to happen if you sell something that you have now where it is, and you don't necessarily have land to grow or whatever, and you can you can purchase land and then do those things as well. Like it depends. Like if that's not if you're if you have a, a a family home and it's like you want it to be the place that everyone can live and be and always come back to or whatever that may be the value to you regardless of the money that's what about attached the to home it. that you live in regardless of everybody else right mm-hmm. you still have to have a home to live in yeah i mean yeah or you can i mean you, you can if you own to own somewhere that you live in um that you have some roots and you're stuck one place yes but at the same time, and you stuck one place. No, like if you're one place, you're not necessarily going anywhere. You're not traveling and not away from it because whenever you, you leave, when it, yeah, whenever you leave, you're 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 away from it. And anyway, but I'm saying if you were to, especially if you were in a bind, and you were like, okay, something has happened. There's a change in your life, your lifestyle, or whatever, and you no longer want this thing, and you can you no get something smaller. You can get something smaller, or you can rent something because you're paying property taxes anyway on on. Um, on land or whatever, so you're constantly paying on it and repairs and all this other stuff that you have to do. 
It could be that you don't want that and you want something smaller. Based on you having money problems. It could be, or you just don't want to be in a in a big space where it's just you, and it's. And I mean, a lot a lot of a lot of older people move from the home that they have that's a bigger home to a smaller home because sometimes where you are it's like it's like all this space and it used to be filled with a lot of people and everyone moved on and moved away and you're kind of by yourself and it's maintaining it there's a there's different reasons i mean there's different reasons but i don't need that much space myself but yeah i don't know i don't even know how i got on houses what was, yeah, I started trying to figure out what, what we was the topic. About. You were talking about something, and I said, "Now I equate, I equate that to the house, houses. Oh, royalties. I mean, um, owning your own, <laughs> owning your own um music, and people sell, selling their catalog. That's what we were on. And I equated it to you know, there's a value, there's a value so, attached to it. That's also a cap on your knowledge and accountability. More so accountability because you feel like somebody is somebody else's responsibility to own this plot of land that you can rent from them. Or somebody else's responsibility to have, yeah, basically that plot of land that you can live on or rent a house on. Mm-hmm. And someone else is responsible for maintaining it and, and all that. Or not, and you buy just a smaller property. And that you can that you can maintain, or a smaller house but with bigger land, and maybe you could go out and garden. People like to do that when they retire, garden and, and grow your own stuff. It could be that, but I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people are going into real estate now because it's like, oh yeah, this is the money, and you, when you buy things and you flip and you this and that, and it's like, yeah, but it's only worth something. Like you only get that. My whole point was you only get what it's worth once you sell it. Like you just holding it is not is not really doing anything. Oh, that's how it relates to the music. Yes. So it's only worth what it's worth. But what if the music is worth the message? The feeling that it gave you when you made it. And that disappears once it's sold? Does it? I don't think so. The music, if it's something, if it's a feeling and it's what you have... Unless the people told you you're no longer ever able to listen to the music on your own ever again, um, or you're never allowed to perform it, that might be a thing. So if you made a song, right? So you made a timeless classic mm-hmm. that everybody around the world loves, mm-hmm. and you believe in equal rights for everybody, mm-hmm. and then you sold it and it came out and they turned it into a white supremacist anthem, what mm-hmm. could you do about that? I would just like I told you, you you don't agree with what was what was done with it and you fight against that. It's still there, they bought it. It's like if somebody bought my car and decided to paint things on it that I didn't like and they're driving around, it's theirs. I mean, but I, I if I don't agree with it I'll speak out that I don't agree with it. But the melody I mean, yeah, I understand because it would kind of suck because then this whole thing that was so great, the melody would now be known for something else as well. But in parody, you could do that anyway without owning the song. So if you made it, even if it was white to brown, it could be anything, but if if it's like a parody of a song, which that sounds like it could be a parody of a song, then they could do that anyway, could do it now. I think parodies have to be comical. Um, They can be. You can make it it comical in your own mind of what is comedy. 
your comedy, your comedy, you could be a white supremacist that makes a comical song in your mind about killing black people. But then you really have, you could take that to court. But if you don't own the rights to the song at all, you can't take anything to court. Yeah, I mean I don't trust court anyway. But if you, but yeah, you could, you could take it to court and spend money fighting, or you could take it to social and start a petition or whatever else. I mean, depending on how important you are, and like you said, it's a song that everyone knows and it's an anthem, then you're known for this. You can just, you can technically make a statement. If that many people love it and love it as your song, you can make a statement and make a well, big difference. Well, they can love it as your song, but mm -hmm. don't love you. There are plenty of people who have one-hit wonders who nobody knows who they are, but people know their songs. Well, yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. If, if people, if they know your song, but they don't know you at all, then I don't know. I really don't know what to say about that. It just, to me, it would be, this is the song. This is what I created. If you know the song and not me, then it's bigger than, then the song's bigger than me anyway. So what am I, I mean, I'm fighting because I want it to represent me when it's not No, me you don't want don't it know. to represent something that you don't like. It's a catchy tune mm -hmm. that everybody's drawn to. Mm -hmm. They love the song. They hear it all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's being associated with something that you totally disagree with or something that's not for the greater good. Mm. I that's mean, just an extreme it is an extreme case I mean and if that's the case and, and that's what someone feels would happen with their music then that would be something that you wouldn't sell and you would just keep it well I just now understand I understand selling your royalties I get it now the saying is cool what seems weird to me I understand people selling it when you're not really seeing that much. Even though you own it, you're not seeing that much from it. And so someone's like, oh, I want to buy these catalogs for this big amount. That makes sense. But right. if I'm, if I'm, my catalog brings in, if I'm Mariah Carey, uh -huh. there's not going to be an amount that you're going to offer me that I'm going to be like, oh yeah, sure, I'm going to take it because I'm not losing at this point in time. So it would just be people that are like, maybe could be, could have been one hit wonders or it's something they're, they're, they're going through a bad time or whatever. It's going to be that person. It's not going to be, uh, you know, that uh, someone that's still bringing in 20 30 50 million a year on stuff on old stuff it could be if you just want that lump sum at one time like you said earlier i mean and that could be right too because you never know what people are going through it could be your, something somebody who's going to pay you for your catalog is going to pay you for the potential that you have to make in years to come yeah and if you want that years to come money right now then that sounds like a good deal that's true especially if you're not like especially i mean there's there's different circumstances i could know that I could have just been diagnosed with something and know that I'm not going to be here for a certain amount of time. I could have already set up my kids with their trust funds and their this and their that, and they're good to go. And I could be on the, the, the uh, Bill Gates thing where I'm like, I'm not giving you my money. This is going to charity and you're going to figure it out, but I'll get you started. So I could, there could be a lot of different things that makes you say, you know what, give me my money now. I don't know what's going to happen. This crypto thing is happening. The this is happening. World might not even be here. Like I'm investing for 50 years from now when stuff might not be around there's a lot of ifs in this world and in this life and so you when i think it's kind of like you betting on yourself give me the money now and let me use the knowledge that i have and let me generate things and let me do things that i want to do with this money now instead of all the legality of trying to figure this out and the royalties and the this and that so that's another reason i don't knock someone i mean that same person signing that selling it whatever and then comes back and it's like this person robbed me and whatever no i don't i don't feel for you now because you took that like you took you took the amount you said that it was okay at that time for whatever reason so all right 
You had anything else on your list? No, that was it. That's it for your list? Well, I'm going to save my list. We'll do we'll do mine next time because we're a little over an hour in. That's an hour. Um, yeah, we've been here for an hour, almost an hour and 15 minutes almost. Wow. So when you have great conversation, it goes by really quick, really fast. So, um, um, so that's it for like our major discussion. Let's see if there's any music or entertainment news to talk about from this week. Uh, let's see, let's see. Nick Cannon still missing his little dude one month after his son's death. That's very sad. Say that again, I'm sorry. Nick Cannon's um, son died. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just a report that he's still missing. Why would he not be missing him a month after the death? But You read it. Still <laughs> I read it. Yes, I'm looking at it. I see it. Um, Will Packer confirms that Girls Trip 2 is officially underway with the original cast returning. There was a, it was up and down, up and down, whether or not they were going to be there, whether or not they were going to do that. They should put Vivica Fox in that movie. You know, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Maybe, maybe that gets out there and um, Will Packer hears that and throws her in there. I think that would be good. And Nia Long. Nia Long, yeah. Love Nia Long. Um, producers say Idris Elba is part of the conversation to play the next James Bond in the next film. Part of, part of the like conversation. It's been years. Ago. We've been hearing it. They have like this whole list of all these people. There's a ton of um, black actors that they have listed and then a ton of white actors and then it's this whole thing. And so he's in the conversation definitely for the next Speaking film. Speaking of Idris Elba, The Heart of They Fall, that should be nominated for some Oscars. It should. Amazing, amazing film. If any of you listening have not watched The Heart of They Fall, amazing film, you need to check it out. You gotta check it out. Um, Julia Fox, the lady that is dating Kanye West at the moment, says she is not with Kanye for his money or his fame. Quote, honey, I've dated billionaires my entire adult and life. And he's not with her for her looks. <laughs> Stop. He's not with. He's um. He's up. He's updating her wardrobe though. She's dressing a little bit better. He's updating her everything. He, that's just how. <laughs> oh man. She's. A, I don't know. She's a model. Um. Let's see. I think we spoke. I don't know if we spoke about this last time, but um, Cardi B is paying for the funerals of the. Um, the victim, the Bronx fire. That's big. That's major. Yeah, amazing. So for that. Yeah. Shout out to her for that. That's amazing. Um, I know, I know people who personally have um, lost family members in that fire. So that is that is great and amazing. Regina King's son um, took his life. So sad. Prayers going out to her. I know it's hard. That's her only child. I think um, there's a politically correct term that you're supposed to use. Of what? That he took his life? Is that it? Take his life? I don't think people are saying that. Well, I mean, this just says dies by suicide, but I'm going to say that he took his life. Huh. I'll research that and see. I don't think, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Hmm. He decided to end his life. Um, but I'll research it. And if it is, then I will... I'll come back and apologize later. Don't cancel me. Um, Vanessa Bryant's lawsuit alleges close-up images of Kobe's crash site were shared nearly 30 um, sheriff's department's devices. Disgusting, horrible people. 
Um, so she's, she's suing them for sharing those up-close crash site photos. Um, let's see what else. Ari Lennox, who is a, she's a singer, I believe. I know her more from Instagram, but she's a singer. Um, she swears off interviews and visits to South Africa after disrespectful podcast appearance. She was on a podcast there, a popular podcast there. Um, in South Africa? In South Africa. And um, so her 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 stance was even though she her songs talk about sexuality and she's, you know, she does whatever she does on Instagram, she still wants to be respected. The interview was very disrespectful um, and aggressive. And even when she pointed it out, it was just like laughed off. So she didn't feel comfortable or safe. South and Africa she, is like heavily colonized, right? Yeah, well, it was a. Uh, I, I was reading. I was reading up on it. It was. I. I mean, I stand by her. Her decision to not go back to South Africa. There's a lot of other places in Africa you can. You can go and visit. Don't swear off Africa um, altogether. But um, hopefully they take the. It hadn't happens a lot. So hopefully they take that. You know, as a. I mean, she There's may a not be. There's in South Africa that. That. Um, black African people can't even live in. Really. Hmm. Well, I never heard of that, but <sighs> there it goes. What do you think? What do you think about um, Mitch McConnell and his statements distinguishing like, African Americans from regular Americans? It was surprising that he said it out loud, but. I thought that that's what it was. I saw that he, he was responding to it and he's upset with the people who are upset with him. Yeah, because you have statement. to think about his mental health and how his racism affects him negatively. He went he further <laughs> and he went further to say that he has black people on his staff who are who have been his writers. Oh, I got black people who work for me. I Listen, can't be a racist. They've been his writers and he said that was just one word was omitted by mistake. And that's why it said that. Um, he was supposed to say almost Americans, which didn't make sense. And then he came back again and said he didn't mean almost. It was supposed to be another word. So I don't know. He was trying to figure out what <laughs> he was trying to figure out what he was uh, what he was saying there. This but guy just very is crazy. How old is Mitch McConnell? When he was young, he was probably able to call black people niggas. I'm sure. And get a good laugh out of it. I'm sure. Um, he's pretty old. All of them. There's a lot of... He's like Joe Biden's age, right? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm going to look. I, I can look it up at one point, but it's just funny to me that his response was that he was upset. That people were upset. That's, the, that's what's going on with the um, in Florida, right? You can't teach certain history or certain things because then yeah. certain people get to feel bad. Yeah, you can't teach anything that is, that is negative against um, America in school regardless. So in history, you just can't. Um, you can't teach it, and they give you something that you can actually teach. Certain um, people. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yes. Um, all right. Crazy. Anything else? Let me see if there's anything else major going on. Jenny Mai Jenkins, married to Young Jeezy, um, gave birth to a baby boy. They named the baby boy Monaco. 
Um, that's where he was conceived. And there was this whole reveal as to why they used that name and all of that. But um, was his name Monaco? Monaco. I like that name. Yeah, that's where they were. And so they have this whole like theme. The the nursery theme looks like Monaco, and the name is on the wall. Congratulations to that. Really nice. Congratulations. Awesome. Um. All right. So I think that's I think that's pretty much it. It's been a you know. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for entertainment news. We'll go on to some health. We'll give a health... Um... A little bit of sports first. Aaron Rodgers is up out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. man. Aaron Rodgers is up out of there. He's I like not gonna... Aaron Rodgers as a person, though. Yeah. Yeah. That game was crazy. It was a yeah. lot of... It was funny. It was It was weird. There's a lot of, a lot of things that were kind of odd. Two more games today, right? Yeah, I'm going to watch those. Well, I don't know. I have a couple of appointments that may stop me, depending on when they um, when they play. Uh, it may stop me from watching it, but I'll try the to catch it. The Buccaneers against the Rams. I want the Rams. I, yesterday I said I wanted the Bucks, but that's just because this is a Tom Brady household. Um, it is? It, it is a Tom Brady household. It was when he was on the Patriots. Um, but still, I'm going to say the Rams. I'm going to say the Rams, too, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady. I mean, that's technically what I'm doing. But I don't necessarily want to, but I do want um, Odell to do well. That um, defense just looks too strong, man. If the run game in Tampa Bay is not too good. That's always been the weakness of Tom Brady or any Tom Brady quarterback team is to get that pressure on them. And I believe that the Rams would be able to get pressure on them. Yeah. Well, we shall see. It's coming up. So. And also the Chiefs play against the Bills. Yeah. What's your prediction on that one? The Chiefs and the Bills? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I um, Although I don't put it past the Bills because they're, they're, they've been playing really well. But I'm just going to go with the Chiefs because I'm going to go with Mahomes. And I'm going to say that he'll pull it out. What do you think? I'm going to say... That's a tough one. I want to say the Bills just because they're from New York. All right, that works. But I think that's going to be a good game, though. I'll say absolutely. the Bills. Absolutely, will be a good game. Um, anything else? What else is going on in sports? Anything in in basketball? Huh. I haven't really been watching too much basketball. Yeah, I haven't either. And I really love basketball, so. I know the Lakers are like in ninth place or something. Don't you say that. It's real. No, it's not. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to do it. I picked um, the Lakers and the Bucks to be in the championship. Yeah, that's what you say? Yeah. Okay. Well, that might happen. Let's see. Let us see. Um... All right, if that's it for sports, let's move into the health tip. I'm waiting to hear what the health tip is for this week from Buck the President. Drink water. Drink water. That's a continuation of the health tip I gave in episode one. I said, drink, I said drink a gallon of water every day. Oh, have you been doing it? I've been drinking a lot of water. So I think I've gotten to I think I, I think I drink a gallon a day. 
You might drink three gallons a day, but I, I think I drink. Nah, drink you drink like one and a half, two, maybe. Close to it. Because when we, when, when water is purchased, I'll, I get one fourth of the water that you get, and you still run through it. Close to a gallon a day. Oh, why don't you talk about your, your mixture of um, honey and, and whatever? That's a good one to put out there. Oh, with the honey and ginger, turmeric. Cayenne pepper. And I put vanilla. Oh, yeah, vanilla. Vanilla, yeah, ex like but pure vanilla extract, not like... Not beaver butt. Not beaver butt, not that thing that they have. Um, actual vanilla, um, which is really good for you. You mix it together. It doesn't even taste bad, except that um, Buck the President told me to put one teaspoon of cayenne pepper in my mixture. It was supposed to be half a teaspoon, and I still thugged it out, and I did it. Um, but it did burn me, so don't put too much cayenne pepper in your mixture. He made sure he got it right for his, but his guesstimation for mine was a little bit um, off. It was a little off. It was a little off, but it does work. And it's a, um, what does it do for you? It's an antibiotic. Antibiotic. And we've seen yeah. it work. It works. Strong antibiotic. Yeah, so it's really good. Um, so try that. Mix it. Well, you didn't even say amounts. It was oh, a okay. half a cup of, of, of honey. A half a cup of honey. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even remember that's what a I'm half saying. a teaspoon of cayenne don't put the whole teaspoon a teaspoon of teaspoon of ginger yeah a teaspoon of ginger, teaspoon of ginger half and a teaspoon half a teaspoon of turmeric, of turmeric. and then I, don't I think it was a quarter of teaspoon of vanilla it wasn't like a whole um, um, it was it was yeah like a quarter teaspoon what did I just say I don't put what in my I didn't. I over, I spoke over you, so I heard I don't put, and I was assuming you were gonna say vanilla because that's what you don't put in yours. But I don't know. Maybe you said something else. I don't feel like I said vanilla, but you might have just stopped because I started speaking, which I shouldn't have done because I cut you off in the middle of your conversation. I apologize for that. Nah, you knew the measurements. I, I did. Remember. I did. So. Yeah, take a teaspoon of that every day. Like that really works. Like you all don't understand. Like it really works. So. Um, it's something that's light. It's something that, you know, you just take it, the one teaspoon, you're done, and it will really, um, it will help you a lot. Um, really will. I can't say it enough. I have to make my mix mixture today because I didn't, so I didn't take it yesterday, and I'm mad at myself for that. But I will be making my mixture today, and I will start again. One teaspoon a day. And I'm usually not good at taking anything. Like, like it's weird. Um, I eat certain things, and other things make me feel like, ugh, not really. But this was really good, and so you take it and just, it's great. Um, all right. So anything else? We went, we did our health. Anything else that you want to, you want to talk about? No, not really. I just want to say strength, love, and blessings to everyone. Yes, always. Strength, love, and blessings. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I'm going to make sure that there's nothing else. I'm not missing anything. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, so I think that's it. Strength, love, blessings, all of that. We will see you all here uh, next week. Tell your friends. Bring new people. You'd like to meet new people. Um, my closing remarks as always, learn to love who you are while striving to be a better version of you each day. 
Don't base your actions solely on your emotions. Try to find principles to live by and base your actions on those. Aim to be a good person and then stick to your word as closely as you can. You cannot please everyone, so just try to be good and everything else will work itself out. Once again, Ladies and Goons Podcast, episode four, and we're out.